Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping and Cag Podcast, episode 406. Mitch and Charlie on the Zoom, hanging out. Some of us might be still licking our wounds from the Nolan Murphy 30th birthday bonanza. Um, but- yeah, um, I mean, really, it's, uh, it's, it's concerning the condition that you're in right now, uh, given sort of uh no i'm okay legs are good yeah yeah look i um well i'll tell that story a second here but i will say that i I jumped on the bike today and i it was a 45 minute thing and it was like a 9.1 out of 10 and i thought my body could handle it it could not my legs were like slow could not move my legs as fast as i thought i could today but I, so I wasn't really hung over, but yeah, I rolled my ankle, um, like a dumbass cause I wasn't paying attention. And I mean, I'm glad I'm lucky. I didn't like break it or, I mean, that could have been really ugly. Um, but you know, I have weaker ankles than fucking most people. Stuff, stuff Curry. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, they are just, they are just bad. They're just bad ankles. I've, I had a, I had a bad stretch this summer where I just kept rolling my ankle when I was walking my dog and I, I like had to stop wearing sandals walking my dog. It was fucking embarrassing. Um, so, but I mean, I, I feel like Mitch out of this podcast group, I feel like I outperformed you in, in the wiffle ball. Would you say that's true? Well, I mean, I drove in, I drove in a run or two. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, scored a run or two. Yeah. yeah. But it was a good time. We definitely do it again. Um, I, I think it would be even more fun during the summer when the garage is open. Yeah, that would be, that'd be ideal. That would, that would feel like more of a, more of an outdoor scenario. Yep. Um, we had the, we had the, the retractable roof was down. Yeah. Um, well, it was, well, that... yeah. While the weather was cooking, it still was, you still needed that roof on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still a time of year where it's not as warm as you want it to be, but. You know, no. we're, get, we're getting a taste and certainly, uh, you know, we were able to stand outside for a while in the afternoon. That was kind of nice. It did get a little chilly uh, as, it, as the sun started, started going down. But, yeah, definitely a, a good weekend. And, no um, doubt. And it's crazy that most this weekend for most years would be the Shamrock Shuffle. And, uh, yeah. I I've retired from the Shamrock Shuffle. You may know that. Another one of my retirements where I'm I'm done. You tried to shame me out of it last year, actually. People forget that right before the pandemic started. Just get an absolute shit for not, not wanting to do it. And you almost bullied me into it. Um, but I forget why I didn't do it. But I think I met you. Did you have a wedding or something? You're right. I did have a wedding. That is exactly correct. I had a wedding that that later that day. You're right. I had a wedding. Now that I think about it, you're right. I was, I, I was, yeah, the last thing we we kind of did at Good City, which no longer does wedding venues. That was a good time. Uh, we had fun. The, the rare, the rare March wedding. Yeah, no, it was a, it was actually a really good wedding. It was really fun. I like Good City had a beer uh, home. I've talked about it on podcast before. Uh, but basically, like it's like the only craft beer I've found that I could actually drink like consistently at a wedding because like at some point you slow down like our friend pat got married at badger state brewing and like even though they have a pilsner like at some point i had to switch to white claw and i feel like that's the only problem with getting married at a brewery 
is like you have to have that white claw option because at some point you're going to have to pull it. You can't just can't just drink craft beers the entire night. But I could with home from Good City, which I would recommend to anyone if they're just looking for an easy sipping uh, craft beer. I would say Lakefront Lager, but it's similar. Uh, so, it, so home's a lager, so it's probably similar tasting. I would imagine. I don't know if I've ever had Lakefront Lager, but I would, I would imagine that that is ex- very similar, if not the same. It's uh, it's a very good one, and uh, it's very accessible, and um, it's pretty readily purchasable. And uh, um, I know we I saw it at the convenience store by the Airbnb this weekend. No, oh, wow. and. Uh, it was uh, it was just sitting there. It was like only one one six pack left or something. So a popular item. Yeah, but, anyway. able to gra- grab some. Yeah, no, we've we completely dovetailed the hot start. People are like, "Are you guys gonna talk about JJ Watt?" Yeah, we're gonna talk about JJ Watt. Um, what what comes next for the Green Bay Packers? We're gonna also talk about if Giannis Antetokounmpo is taking the next step, and should the rest of the NBA be afraid? And of course, because it's March, we'll check in on college basketball. We haven't done that in a while. Um, but which I as both fans is getting ready for Stone Tap Madness, uh, a fan favorite. Um, I pretty much have the prizes figured out. Um, I'll probably blog this and talk more about it on the podcast as it gets closer. But it's going to be 75, 50, 25, first, first second, and third. Um, that 75 can either go to you. It can go to... Uh, restaurant that you want to support um, can get a gift card or it can go to a charity of your choice. I'm not going to shame you if you just take the 75 bucks. Tough time. People might need it. Like, you know what? This isn't a, hey, I usually donate that to charity. It's just, I'm giving you options. It is a choose your own adventure prize and that's how I want to do it. So we'll more to come on that. Um, but yeah, it's going to, let's get into JJ Watt. So we got the news this afternoon. All of our phones collectively blew up. I had about 43 text messages after I got done with the meeting at 11 at 1230 that JJ Watt is an Arizona Cardinal. Very unexpected was not a team that people had mentioned, uh, but JJ Watt got paid. He got a bag. Uh, he got 23 million uh, guaranteed 31 uh, over two years. Mitch, I'll let you react, and then I have a personal theory that I'd like to present to you. Yeah, I, as far as – yeah, it was certainly unexpected. I think it was – he announced it in the most J.J. Watt way possible, right? Oh, God, um, such a hard up. Where it just – he was posting some videos, I think, over the weekend of him working out, and I think he was in that shirt, but you couldn't see the shirt. Um, and then, you know, to announce it in his own – you know, he, he had a – a full frontal picture basically and it's Arizona Cardinals and it was like where'd they come from and I mean yes obviously it 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 was something it probably came down to him getting one more I guess decent contract although you know he maybe could have t- taken the hometown discount for a year and come to Green Bay and possibly won a Super Bowl and then gone elsewhere for another contract but he's definitely a guy that's probably on his last you know, probably on his last legs, honestly. Um, so he probably wanted to get, take the money right away. And I think it's uh, an interesting decision. And, but as I said in group chat earlier, the, the interesting and entertaining part about it is, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's sort of tarnished his pristine Wisconsin, you know, uh, uh, 
legacy or is just a perception of him because I think a lot of the a lot of the pinheads, as we like to say on, on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, probably talked themselves into JJ Watt coming and they thought he was going to take you know four or five million dollars or something and come play for the Packers and all of a sudden he goes to a team that you know probably doesn't really necessarily have Super Bowl aspirations. Maybe they do. I'm sure every team does in the NFL to be now with Cliff season, Kingsbury but... as your fucking coach, but yeah, I mean they have right. they have the and, talent, and, and, but yeah, and I wonder that maybe that's you know I mean we don't know what's said in meetings and stuff with free agents. I'm sure that the Cardinals presented a pretty good case, and JJ was like, you know, maybe I am you know one of the missing pieces for them. They've got you know and he's with his buddy New New Hopkins, who I'm sure, um, you know, probably provided a lot of. Uh, you know, good word yeah. for the Cardinals organization. And sure. I guess he probably uh, just decided that he's going to go there. And But, yeah, nobody saw it coming early, and here we are. Yeah, I'll give you my theory, and then I want to get back to that pristine thing. Um, because I – and maybe you have a better pulse on it because I know you drive around and you, you're listening to the radio a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. my theory is this. So, J.J. got released – JJ said in that point, like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Green Bay, Chicago, or Pittsburgh. And we would know the reasons why. And he was all on board. And he was having conversations with those teams. And then it kind of dovetailed, well, maybe I'll play for Cleveland because I'd at least be able to play my brothers twice a year. I get to see my brothers twice a year. You know, we hopefully COVID's whatever. And we're able to, we're able to, enjoy one another as uh, company at least an extra two times a year. And then I think as things started coming up and teams started reaching out, JJ's agents, like, do you know how much money you can make at some of these places? Like people are willing to pay you 15 million a year. He's like, I know you want to go home. And I know the Packer, you can make endorsements and get up to maybe close to that. But they're not gonna. They're not gonna give you what you need. And to your point, Mitch, he can cash out, and he's had you know multiple years of injury issues, and yeah. he is twenty three guaranteed. He just got married. He's set for life. He is absolutely set for life. He doesn't need to play another down after these two years. So you could make the argument that you know he went to pasture like a lot of old people do, and they go to Arizona or they go to Florida. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't shame him for taking his, taking his money, you know, whatever, go get it. And as for the pinheads, I, I still think there are a lot that like JJ respect JJ and he's still a media darling. I don't think when we did our rankings last week or a week prior, like I don't think he's knocked from that top ledge at this point. I think there are people that will be mad at him. But it's, it, you know, he's just going to kind of do douchey JJ things. And I also wonder if maybe JJ looked at Green Bay and said, I'm never going to be the leader of this team, either defensively or, or as a whole team. Like, yeah, the whole team, that's Aaron's team. And defensively, Zadarius Smith, I think, would still be that guy. He'd still be the captain. He might have two captains, but still. So, I don't know. Maybe he looked at at Arizona and it's like, well, Patrick Peterson's on his way out. 
Chandler Jones and I will kind of be the leaders of this defense and, and that's how it'll be. So I don't know if that was played into it. I'm sure the money was number one, but the yeah, idea, I think, I think money, money. And then honestly, Arizona, I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it is a thing where he can play there a couple of years, you know, get himself endeared by the fan base and, right off into the, in the sunset in the desert, I guess. And, you know, retire out there and, um, you know, he's good and play yeah. all the golf he wants afterwards. And, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out, I guess. I mean, and I, I do, I do think that that theory is probably pretty accurate where he, he maybe had, a, he had his list and that's probably who he first went to his agent with was like, these are my teams that I'd like to play for. And then, yeah, his agent was probably, I don't even know who his agent is. No, nah, was probably either. was like, was probably like, look, I mean, okay, that's nice. But um, this team, this team, and this team are going to give you, you know, I don't know if Arizona doesn't have uh, income tax, but I, I don't think it's don't. as much as like Wisconsin. They don't at all. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that could be part of it as well. And his wife or fiance or whatever they are, I mean, she might have been like, yeah, I can get down with that, you know, um, you know, and maybe she'll go play in Arizona. And I don't know, you know, what league she's in or whatever, but um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, you would think though, if, if any, if the Packers were going to get a free agent that it, it might be, might've been JJ Watt just because he's, you know, from here. And I know some of the scuttlebutt in the group chats today was about, well, it's, you know, tough to get, you know, and I agree that it's tough to convince, you know, 26 year old dudes, who have never even been to Wisconsin to come live in, in Green Bay. And, you know, but JJ, you would have thought you wouldn't have that issue. And I'm sure he wanted to come here, but again, you know, the, the Packers just could not even come close to competing with that offer. I know it was reported by somebody that, that, how did I see that? Was it that, that John Gambodaro dude or whatever, Arizona kind of inside sports guy, you know yeah. what I'm talking about on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He said that the, the Packers and maybe the Titans, I think it was had a, had quote unquote solid offers. So it was probably classic, classic Packers negotiating. Like this is our number. We're not going to, you know, we, we probably physically can't go much higher than this, but um, you know, take it or leave it. And he left it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that. Oh yeah. And he said that they offered, it was not the much he was offered. He said the Browns and Colts offered more money. Tennessee's offer was very similar and Buffalo was the, the biggest, biggest competition. So yeah, he had a lot of, he had a lot of details and, you know, I I think it's one of those things that JJ is going to, going to get paid and I don't blame him. And he's rep by CAA. They don't say who his agent is. I, you can also book him for your speaking events. That's why I found that he works for CAA. I can't imagine it's cheap to have JJ Watt speak at your event. Um, if you want me to see if he can speak at a snow tab event, I'll, uh, I'll look into it immediately. Uh, but as for the Packers, yeah, I mean, they, they have a philosophy, they have a system and they knew that paying for a guy like JJ Watt just was one option was one route they could go. And that was the one route of saying, all right, we'll get JJ Watt and that's it. The other route could be completely different. It could be, and that's where they'll look to now. And now it becomes a, a variety of options. 
you could have, hey, let's franchise tag Aaron Jones and figure out what we're going to do. Although I have a take about that, but we won't dovetail because I kind of want to do it for my own uh, daily tap. But like, I think if you're going to franchise Aaron Jones, that probably means you're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers and start with Jordan Love. Because that's why you do it. Because you'd want to have like a solid running game for a young quarterback like Jordan Love. And I know that's tough for people to hear, but that's why you would do it. So if Aaron Jones gets franchise tag, I actually think that's a big red flag with the Rodgers stuff. Um, But so that's one option. The other option is you could, you know, sign a pretty solid wide receiver, you know, whether it be Will Fuller or Chris Godwin or I don't think Allen Robinson, but like you could do that too. That's on the table. You could also add another edge rusher you know, a Melvin Ingram, right. Who's readily available. Um, and probably you'd get rid of Preston Smith and you kind of just say, all right, let's, let's go forward there. Or maybe you're looking at trading for a cornerback. Steven, Stephen Gilmore is probably available. Marshawn Lattimore is probably available. Jordan Love is quite the trade piece. And I know people might not think that, but he's the number one quarterback. He's, he has skills, and if you can sell that to a guy like Sean Payton or a guy like uh, Bill Belichick, you're great, and they'll they'll go all in. And then you just you basically you basically hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers holds on, and that you're making the right move because or else you're having you're dealing with what we could have had happen with Favre and Rodgers years ago. I'm just trying to think what the what the reaction to something like that would be trading Jordan love. I mean, obviously, yes, if you got a number one corner like that, um, I think people would be okay with it, but there would be a lot of people upset that you, you know, you wasted, you traded up for that first round pick. And now he's like, before he even plays the game, you know, you'd, you'd be trading him. I just feel like that well, would, that'd be an in- interesting, an interesting just sort of feeling. It would be, I mean, it would be kind of rich, right? Everybody shit on this pick. And it's it would be very similar, Mitch, to the Bucks regular season takes. For years, we were like, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. The regular season doesn't matter. Lose five games. Oh my God, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong with the Bucks? It would be the exact same. Jordan Love sucks. Why are why do we draft up for a quarterback? We don't need a quarterback. And then Oh, we we decide we don't. You you guys are right. We're gonna we're gonna trade him for Marshawn Lattimore. We're gonna trade him for uh, Stephen Gilmore. Why the fuck would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you get rid of this guy? It, you can't win. But you're right. Yeah. It'd be it'd be an awesome thing. But you basically then are saying, all right, you gotta keep your fingers crossed that Aaron's gonna be all right and draft another one in two years. That's why you, the reason you would do it is this, there was a stat on, I can't remember it, but basically like of the, there was like a certain amount of like, there have been, I think 15 quarterbacks drafted in the first round in the last like four years that are no longer starters with the, or they're with their same team or there's some, there's some wild stat about how bad first round draft, first round quarterbacks. Like the, uh, it's, it's it's the the first round picks of quarter the quarterbacks drafted in the first round since like 2008 or 2009 aren't on their team anymore they're not on the team that drafted them right something like that because you have like Stafford now is gone uh, Sam Bradford's out of the league 
Um, like Jared Goff got traded in that. Carson Wentz traded. Right. It's 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 pretty staggering. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah. I don't have the exact the exact thing, but it's like that's why you would trade Jordan Love because you're like, all right, we'll just do this all over again in two years, three years, whatever. We'll just we'll keep doing it until we find it. Now, if they're dead set on Jordan Love, then that'll that'll be what it'll be, and we'll tackle that topic at another time. I think it would be hilariously ironic if they went after a wide receiver after everybody bitched about it. But there are a lot of people that, you know, think Devin Funchess can have a role in this team. I know that makes people cringe, but like Funchess is big dude, ready to play. I don't know where he fits in. And, but they are going to need some receiver help. Like you read some of the draft guys who do this stuff regularly. They're like, look, there's a lot of guys that are going to be up for deals. Lazard's going to be up for a deal. MVS is going to be up for a deal. Devante is going to be up for a deal. Um, they're going to need to kind of reload. And because some of these guys are going to get paid. And, and that's, and that's kind of what Green Bay will look at the draft and maybe look at adding somebody, you know, kind of to that mix to kind of, I, I think adding that receiver would not necessarily be like they were downgrading Lazard, Brown, or MVS, rather trying to combat with not having uh, Aaron Jones anymore and not having Aaron Jones. And because and, I, I really don't know if Aaron Jones will come back. He has a deal for the Packers. He can sign it, but I'm pretty sure, you know, if he someone gives him $15 million, if the Dolphins are going to give him $15 million, okay, bye. Like that's yeah, – gone. That's too much. And, and so we'll see. And, and yeah, but I, I know that we do this all the time. I know we do this, but I, I, I'm really happy. At least I feel like a lot of Packer fans today were like, you know what? That wasn't overpay. We didn't want it. We, that was too much money. We're okay with it. I, I, I'm just proud of Packer fans. That's a win for a lot of people to say, all right, that was too much money and realize it. And yeah, not... that's, that's just 15 and a half guarantee or not guaranteed, but 15 and a half per year is just, I mean, that's probably, probably almost three times what most Packer fans thought, you know, he would have got at least for, from Green Bay. And I think that's probably what, 5 million more than anybody would have gone. I think, you know, any reasonable yeah. Packer fan. Yeah, and what I'm that's just that's just a full on overpay. What I'm more interested now, if you're a team like Denver, and so Von Miller has a player option this year that they can either release Von Miller, and if they release Von Miller, you know the market for that would be crazy. No Packer fans are not getting Von Miller. Settle down. Right. Um. We'd have to we'd have to chain Murph up. Like if Von Miller got released, like we would have to literally put Murph in chains. Because he would be just obnoxious about it, and I'd have we'd have to talk him down. It would be bad, but um, and a lot of yeah. other Packer fans. And but if I'm Denver now, I'm like maybe we keep him and we see what we can get for him. Because if that's what the market is for a JJ Watt, can you imagine what Von Miller would go for, like as a trade? Yeah, uh, you probably get probably get a first round pick for sure. Absolutely. Uh, that would be bad if I'm Miller went to an NFC team, though. He's he's so good. Um, real big asshole, but he's oh, good. He's 31. I mean, 30, 30, but he, I mean, he's one of those guys, though, that doesn't really look it. You know what I mean? 
Right. He, yeah, he's going to be 32 in, at the end of the month. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's obviously, you know, well, he isn't, I mean, he didn't make the Pro Bowl this past year, even. He got hurt. I don't know. If, he was out he for, was hurt? Oh, okay. Yeah, he tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Tore his I can't ACL. Say I watched one, hardly one goddamn snap of Broncos football this past year. That's okay. So. Um, he got hurt, but all and also too, he had some text messages that got out that were not not great. Um, yeah, was uh, pretty mean to his girlfriend. Surprised he didn't get canceled. Um, probably has, but you know, whatever. Every, everybody yeah. gets everybody gets their day in the sun. You know, somehow Francisco Rodriguez is getting on the Brewers Wall of Fame. No one sees anything wrong with that. Um, but that's <laughs> another story for another time. Um, well, even 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 Jane Slater got got destroyed on Twitter. Oh man, I felt yeah. I felt bad for Jane Slater. People are such dicks. I hate Twitter so goddamn much. I really do. Yeah. I and and there I know. And real quickly, for those who don't know it, and not to sidetrack, I'm gonna look at my clock so I don't I don't go overboard. Um, Jane Slater, NFL reporter, tweeted out like, hey, if someone's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, your broadcast journalism student, you want a little experience, you can do some cut-ups with some NFL draft stuff. It's an unpaid spot. And she got basically like canceled. Like people just started yelling at her about unpaid internships and how dare you and yada, yada and all this shit. I'll tell you right now, the sports world is extremely hard to break into. It is not easy. It is not for the middle class, not for the lower middle class. I know that sounds crass and that sounds aggressive, but it's true. And it's, and honestly, it's not even for the upper middle class. I had opportunities to work in sports way back when, and I wanted to, but when the money was put in front of me, I just couldn't make sense of it. I got offered a job in Erie, Pennsylvania to work for the the double A team for the Tigers. I don't know their name, but it was $500 every month. That's more than, that's less than what I pay for rent this in my home in Milwaukee. All right. And it was for a summer. So I would probably, I think I would end up making like $1,500 for the entire summer. So I'd have to get a second job and I'd have to do other shit. I like I emailed out to all these different minor league programs. I had offered an unpaid spot to do stats and some announcing down for the Montgomery biscuits. And I considered it a little bit because I was like, "Eh, Alabama, I don't know, just complete change. And my dad even was like, actually, the unpaid internship might be the way to go because then you have a little bit more freedom because nobody's telling you like, you have to be at this job every day and they can work you to the, to the bone because you're on pay. And if for every reason you don't like it, you can just say, fuck it and go. And so yeah. I just, I don't like, I just don't like that. People can't see that side of it and people need to be realistic. And that's, I think our problem with our world is like so many people, I just have unrealistic expectations of what society should be. And I know they want to change society and some of it is for good, but you got to realize that it's going to take time and we don't just have a slush fund of money. We're in an extreme deficit. The dollar has never been lower. 
And I know that's way higher than what we usually do on this podcast, but just have some fucking perspective. So I, I feel bad for Jane. Yeah. I mean, I'm someone who's done unpaid internships before uh, I turned into, you know, a part-time job. Um, but that's pretty much all I'm going to probably say about it just because I don't want to get uh, too carried away with things um, on that end. But I, I, I mean, they're valuable, but at the same time, it's, it's unrealistic to also expect this is, well, yeah, I better not. No, nah, I better not. I, I was going to say something. I don't want to, I okay. don't want to do it, All right. but that's I, fine. it might be a little too inside baseball. That's fine. And I don't that's really, fine. I don't yeah. want to go there, but you, you, let's put it this way. You probably can't have unpaid interns in or un, unpaid interns in a place like Chicago or San Francisco yeah. or, you know, New York city where it's like, and I think that's what a lot of these people that are complaining, like obviously in Milwaukee or Wisconsin or wherever, I mean, you could probably get away with it, but there's, there still needs to be a level of, of support there for someone that is going to take an unpaid internship. There needs to be, you know, some sort of, you know, money to fall back on or something because you can't, you know, you can't work for free. Unfortunately. I, I Oh man. I remember I interviewed with Bleacher Report and I would have had to live out in San Francisco to work for Bleacher Report. And I re- the pay wasn't great, obviously. And I think I had asked the question like, and, and it's crazy now considering how you and I are right now having a conversation. But I believe I asked them like, hey, if I like advance, like, well, I have to like go out and interview in San Francisco. And they're like, yeah, that's the expectation. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to have to fucking pay for a flight out to San Francisco just to interview you assholes. Yeah. I mean, I mean now whatever, it'd be fine. But at 23, with no money. I'm like, are you, that's wild. Just how it is, man. That's what I, that's why yeah. I say it's not cut out for not cut out for the people of of like normal living society that's why you get a lot of nepotism that's why you get a lot of elites who are working you know uh that that tech reporter for the new york times she went to boarding school in fucking switzerland you know they can afford it so there you go yeah all right we went way off track that's all right that's okay um we we gotta bring it back and talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo our king here in Milwaukee, the man. And Giannis, that was probably what, would you say that was a top five, if not top three Giannis game on Sunday? I was awestruck. Like thinking about that game all evening made me so happy. Just the way it, how it worked out was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, dude, I mean, it's up there. It was, it's way up there. I mean, it's just not even just the honest, but I mean, the whole team, it just was such a satisfying win. We haven't had one of those really all season. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, a damn near probably a year. So where it just, you just felt, felt good about it, about things where, you know, that team just did. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know what to make of the box at this moment. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's, it, it's a, February was a confusing month, as I tweeted out after the game. 
They started the month by winning five in a row, then they lost five in a row, and then they closed the month by winning five in a row. So ten and five month, but how you got there was is was a little bit weird and interesting. But I mean, in terms of be honest, I mean, I think a, a big difference is he's he's hitting his free throws for the most part. Yep. He had he had a really good a really good month in the free throw line, and it's one of those where you, you hate to see the calendar flip over just because you never know what what's going to happen in the next month, but you know, he's, he's basically he continues to shatter the record books of Milwaukee Bucks history, which let's be honest, there was about a 30 year stretch there where there wasn't much, <laughs> but um, I mean, he's fourth all time now in scoring, I think for the franchise already. And he's only in like his eighth season. Yeah. So uh, it's just crazy, but that just the way, the way he took over in the fourth quarter um, started guarding Kawhi Leonard, which was, you know, a huge talking point, obviously, in 2019, uh, where he didn't really guard Kawhi in that playoff series. Kind of, Kawhi's tried to get going there in the fourth quarter. Giannis said not so much. And, you know, obviously the, the hammer at the end of the game, the highlight everybody's talking about, a lot of casuals think that was a travel. Um, but, you know, there's a thing called a gather step, and, you know, we don't need to go down that road, but it's, yeah, that was that was a great way to close the month. And Giannis is I think we talked about it last week, but he's he's he that game has put him back in the MVP category. I think Paul Pierce tweeted now this evening, this afternoon, that he has Giannis fourth in his MVP sort of ladder. Um which, you know, he's kinda come out of nowhere, so to speak. But so I think, you know week or two ago, he was still kind of an afterthought when it came to the MVP, but he has forced his way into the conversation. And uh, it's just, it's great to see. And he's, he, he, he probably is taking the next step. And I think this team, in order to get where I think they want to go, he's got to be at that level. I mean, it's right. just, he's got to do it in big games like he did yesterday or on Sunday. Yeah. He was a man possessed. Um, that, that finish, was unlike anything I think we have seen, you know, in the Giannis time where he had 17 points in the final five minutes. He, he was the only one that really played well in that game. Like you look at the box score, Chris had an all right day, you know, Bobby Portis had some moments, but Brooke was ass. So was DJ Augustine. Dante looked like he had went out with us on, on Saturday. Everything was short. He had a couple shots at the end, but, Giannis carried and it, and it wasn't like they, and, and they needed Giannis obviously to be good, but like Giannis put everybody on his back and, and everybody fed off of Giannis and having Drew Holiday back all, he was rusty. Yes. But when they needed him to be there at the end of the game, he was there. And mm-hmm. it was everything that you had kind of watched at the start of February. Drew goes down with COVID and then you lose that, and you kind of lose that momentum. Because who knows? If if Drew Holiday plays, I think we've talked about this, so I don't need to go over it again, but Bucks probably win two of those games that they lost the five. And so if that's the case, then you're looking at a 12-3 and three February, your top team in the East. I, I mean, so and they still could end up being the top team in the East by the end of this week. That's how fucked up this is, right? Like that's mm-hmm. more of an indication of the East is bad than anything else. 
But at the same time, it's like, yeah, Giannis is taking this next step. And the only real way he would win and make a reasonable case for an MVP for a third time, which I, I still find very impossible just because no one's done it since Larry Bird in the mid eighties um, yeah. is that he'd have to average like somewhere in the th- mid thirties over 10 rebounds and seven assists and just have just this incredible and carry his team, of course. But, and if he keeps doing this on national television, their eyes are going to open wider and wider for onto the combo. Yeah. And they have a, they have a, believe me, they have a plenty of showcase games and that's a yeah. half schedule. Right. And it's, it's, uh, he's going to have opportunities, you know, yeah. and you're just gonna have to hope that maybe the Sixers sort of stumble up and, and bead, you know, I don't see that happening, but I mean, Embiid sort you of never know with Embiid falling apart. His injury stuff, man. You just, you just never True. know. I, I loved, I loved Anthony Davis last week saying LeBron doesn't care about MVPs. That was fucking rich. Um, just such a yeah. Anthony Davis LeBron quote to be like, oh, he doesn't care about that shit. It's like, what? Have you, have we seen what the media's done for the last fucking year? Like, well, are, are we? Are, and, and- and LeBron getting it is still a narrative, narrative-driven award. I mean, oh, yeah. again, just I, I want to say last week I was watching ESPN or you know the five o'clock Sports Center or something, and it was like, you know, who's your MVP? That was their topic, obviously, and uh, which it is every day at some point. But um, uh, it was, you know, the, the the first bullet point was played every game this season, and I was like, well, you're supposed to, you know, <laughs> I mean. That I was like, that's that, just that's that just whole, perfect. Look, that whole thing that LeBron's trying to play every game is gonna bite him in the ass come playoff time. Just you, just you watch like that. That's not a good idea from LeBron. I know what he's doing. I think you're just gonna look back on it like when he does his last dance documentary because you know the fucking guy. Well, it, it, it there will be a moment where he's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. And then we lost to the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals because we weren't ready. And then the Bucks and Jazz play in the finals, and it's the worst-rated NBA Finals in modern history. But that's okay. I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, the, as somebody who has been iffy about Bud, how do you feel like he's done in these last few games? Because I, I've said it. I said it on the podcast yesterday. Like the Bud haters gotta gotta quiet down. Um, at least for a couple weeks. Iffy about Bud. Eh, I mean, I suppose. Oh, I'll I, I, I give it that. I didn't mean to but... paint that picture. I, I apologize. I didn't mean to paint that Bob Ross of you. What would you? How would I've you never describe... said. I've never said I was Team Fire Bud, but I was. Right. How? How I would have you said, describe? Like, I'm, I'm... What would I'm, be I'm your... encouraged. I'll, I'll what would say be your because... Facebook status with Bud? Would it be it's complicated? <laughs> Probably. Just, okay. But it, out of lack of a better, better term, I mean, yes, they're winning right now, and you know, I, I just, I, they are trying different things. I, that's pretty, yeah, pretty clear, and that's pretty much all you can really ask for. I think the rotations have been pretty nice every game. I mean, you're getting playoff style rotations basically every night, mm-hmm. and you know, you're basically playing nine guys with Thanasis being a burst of energy five six minutes guy and um 
you know, otherwise it's basically a nine-man rotation, which is what it should be. Um, we can debate whether or not Pat Connaughton needs to play 25 minutes a night, but because um, he probably doesn't. But that's one of those. That's the new Urson, basically, where it's like oh, yeah. Bud just Bud just can't not cut his minutes down. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're trying new things, and I think eventually this team is too talented to for it not to click, right? Like, yep. and you know. Who knows? I uh, really, I mean, it's just, you know, I have said in this podcast that I'm not positive. He's the guy to take us to the, to the, to the promised land, but I, I don't have any other better suggestions at the moment. So, you know, I'm certainly riding with him for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think right now the last step, I mean, not the last step, but I think the next step now is to figure out what you do with Brooke Lopez. So I think that's yeah. the real I think that's the real next thing that's left on your quote unquote, I wouldn't say bucket list, but it's on your list of to do's. It's like, all right, I've watched the film. He's going to have some time, you know, he's going to have a week here with all-star break of really getting into like, what should we try? Should we try Bobby Portis in the closing lineup versus Brooke? Should we use Giannis as the five and go very small? Kind of saw a little bit of that yesterday. Because what, right? DiVincenzo and Connington were both in the game. And Brooke, Brooke had that brutal, brutal play where he sagged he sagged into the paint on Kawhi and left Marcus Morris wide open. And But at the same time, like, I, I can't, like, ignore the fact that he did really well with Zion in the second half. And the adjustments that Bud made with that and making sure Bu- – you know, Brooke was meeting him at the rim was really important. So I'm conflicted. And I know you are too, because you're, you're as big of a Brooke guy as there is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's, he's not, he's not the same guy he was two years ago. I mean, when he first came to the Bucks, I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, And yeah, there might need to be, it would be great, I guess, to get another wing for him. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like a Jay Crowder type, maybe. I know Jay's not available. No. To sign a long-term contract, but, you know, no, I, PJ, I, I haven't I mean, looked into it. But The P.J. Tucker is the name, right? I mean, I don't know if it is. I saw our guy Shafty had Josh Richardson, which kind of made me feel, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I think yeah. – I, Simmons and Rosillo say like Josh Richardson's one of those guys who gets talked about better. He's better than he's talked about, or he's not as good as right, he's talked about. Was what I'm trying right. to say. Yeah, he's like, overrated. Is basically totally. what. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I can see nice. that for sure. Um, you know, yeah, I think there are going to be some available options, and I think Bucks look at it and Horst and and Bud get together and say. Honestly, our best move would be to get rid of Brooke and and then you do it. But if they think that there's a way that they can make Brooke into kind of a bench guy and bring Bobby Portis into the lineup, then do it. You know, I love Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is maybe he's way up there for Bucks players that I've just decided to ride with. And I, I don't know why. I just I love his game, I love his energy. I love the fact that he gives a shit every time he's on the court. Um, but yeah, big, bo- big body. Yeah, point. he's, as it, I, 
I love Bobby off the bench, though. I just yeah, yeah. he's just the Dante thing. The Dante thing all over again, right? It's what we debated last year with Dante. It was like Dante was so good off the bench before, and people kind of forget that because he was so bad in the bubble. But pre-pandemic, like Dante was really good off the bench, and we would have discussions like, should Dante move into the starting rotation and Wes Matthews switch out? And there was a lot of back and forth on that. And I feel like it's the same conversation, just different position, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't even mind Dante off the bench today. Oh, I mean, no, it, I agree. But you really have no, no better option at shooting guard, unfortunately, with Wes Matthews moving on. And you could argue Wes Matthews probably shouldn't start either no. last year, but that's the sort of what, you know, what we had to work with, you know, it's been, it's been a bit of a, a bugaboo there. Yeah, shooting Bri- guard position, but and I, I mean, and I like Bryn Forbes. Vincenzo is so up and down. Yeah, and I like Bryn Forbes. But it's your point, up and down. Like Bryn, Bryn Forbes, someday you'll get twenty three, and someday else you'll get two. It just kind of depends on on where the weather is leaning. Um. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, let's uh let's move on to our last topic of the night. We have the college basketball is in full effect. This is March, as they as the kids say. Um, we have Lily going nuts. She's a big Husky fan. Uh, you know, don't, don't think UConn, I think it's her team, uh, where she's riding with, you might hear a growling in the background. Sorry about that. And the Marquette and Wisconsin are both kind of in weird spots. Wisconsin's in a little bit of a better spot. So we'll start there. Um, I think best case scenario for the Badgers is they just finally unlock something. Um, and they figure out what, you know, what's up with Nate Reavers and Brad Davidson, because those guys have regressed harder than I think anyone else in college basketball. And it's just been incredible to watch. Do you think their regression is just because the big 10 got better? Like Michigan has all these freshmen and Ohio state has a few, like, do you think it's just the big 10 got better and Wisconsin just was playing, you know, at a good level last year and then they leveled it up and Wisconsin's like, no, we can't play at this level. That could be part of it. I mean, is it, or is it just that the Badgers really aren't that talented when it comes down to it? Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just too many, too much Brad Davison and, you know, I mean, Demetri Trist is probably your best scorer right now, which I feel like is a terrible situation to be in, but maybe maybe I'm underrating Demetri Trist, but you know, I don't, I mean, who else do they have to go to? Yeah, no, I mean, they don't. Like, Davidson, Nate Reavers. Davidson yeah. lays bricks. And, yeah, Reavers being bad, I think they were expecting a lot out of him, obviously. And, you know, they, they don't really, like, for as big as, like, those guys are, they don't, they also don't really like playing in the post. Yeah. And no. I feel like that's a big part of the Wisconsin system. Mm-hmm. And they just don't necessarily have that presence out of those guys and you know I don't know they just they don't have some of the talent that the other teams do in the Big Ten and that's why they can't beat a good team yeah and and you wonder if when they get out of the Big Ten are they if they get a good draw maybe maybe they make it to a sweet 16 just because they have a draw that actually fits their brand of basketball and they're able to say all right we get to play Virginia or we get to play Texas Tech in the second round and and we get through that 
to me is probably the best case scenario for the Badgers. I don't think, I think it'd be ridiculous, but you know how our culture is about like firing coaches and things like that. I think there'd be a lot of people upset at Greg Gard if they, let's say they, they lose to Purdue. They have Purdue and Illinois, I think. No, not Illinois, Iowa. Purdue and Iowa, right? I think to finish off the year. So I think it's, I think it's just Purdue, isn't it? Don't they play Purdue? Like no, they play Purdue on they play uh, someone on Sunday. I think it's Iowa, but let's say they they split that. Let's say they go one on one, and if they do go one on one, and then go into the Big Ten tournament, don't do well there, get out early into the NCAA. I think there'll be people like saying, "Well, why is Greg Gard just never going to amount to anything?" and and I would say you look at those recruiting classes and kind of shut the fuck up. Yeah, they play Iowa on Sunday. And it's at, it's away, so they they are done done with home games. So they're at Purdue and at Iowa this week, which mm-hmm. is brutal. So there's a real chance Wisconsin could be ten and ten in the Big Ten, which I mean <laughs> that would be. Oof. Actually, the project Ken Pomia has it as or projected record eleven and nine. So that'd be one one win in the conference tournament. But man, that. 10 and 10 in the Big Ten season. They'd be like a, what, like a nine seed, 10 seed in the tournament, maybe? Um, I mean, the Big Ten is going to get weighted a little bit differently because they're just, they're revered. And I know I kind of said, well, they're maybe the best conference. And you corrected me when we were together on, on Saturday. You're like, you were wrong on that. Like, they are, they are not, not part of, they are the best conference far. And you're right. And I probably should have been a little more respect of that. Right now, Wisconsin is looking at a seven seed. They'd be playing Colorado State, and they would be playing the winner of Alabama and Grand Canyon. Alabama versus Wisconsin would be a contrast of styles to the highest degree. I love Alabama. I probably will take Alabama too far in the tournament. and It'll break my heart. So it'd be very on brand. For me to have Alabama in the Elite Eight and Wisconsin beat them and go to the Sweet 16 and ruin my bracket while helping so many others. Um, also in that little pod is Oklahoma, Florida State, um, and Michigan State and Navy. Don't sleep on Navy. Midshipmen. Good, good team uh, this year. Uh, so, anyways, but if the Badgers had to play Florida State, I mean, that would oh, be. Oh, God. Oh, no. That would be. Florida State's another team that's lurking. Florida State, I actually think Florida State might be the best team in the ACC. I, AC isn't good this year. Um, little fun fact about the ACC. And I think Florida State's the best team out of, out of them all. Um, so, be interesting. It will, it's definitely going to be interesting with the Badgers. As for Marquette, I mean, Scotty Barnes would have 50 points. Um, as for Marquette, we're kind of at the point of the like two, 2015 bucks where just like competitively tank, like don't win any more games. Just, okay, I'll tell you back. Just beat the Paul tomorrow, tonight. They play the Paul this evening. Big night for, I was for gonna say, do they? Are they going to get a high draft pick or something? No. They're gonna fire their coach. Hopefully, that's what we're we're hoping for, Mitchie. Uh, okay. Big night that's for hoops. Hoping you're, you're going that. Big night for hoops in in Wisconsin tonight. We got hoops night. You got Bucks Nuggets. You have Badgers, 
Purdue, you have Marquette DePaul, you have the UWM Panthers, shout out, against the Wright State uh, Raiders, I believe. Wright State's good. Is that Horizon League tourney? Yes, yes. Quarterfinal. Nice. Action. UWM beat IUPUI over the weekend. Um, But the – but basically, yeah, just beat DePaul on Tuesday. I know some people might root for them to lose to DePaul, but I don't want to get swept by DePaul. That's embarrassing. That's 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 just bad. That's like breaking your ankle, slipping on a wiffle ball. Like that's how bad that is. And, and that would so, almost that would almost guarantee that Wojo gets fired, right? Oh God, that's such a great hypothetical. Like. If if it meant Wojo's fired at the end of the season, would you take a loss to DePaul? I probably would. I really would. He's just he he's ran out of time. Or you hope that like they get hot, they go on a run. And like, here's the thing: going on a run is always going to be fun in in March. I don't care if you're bad. I don't care if you're really good. Like, there is nothing more fun because it's so condensed. And so you're living and breathing on like every shot and it's crazy. And I, I die to be a part of that because I haven't had that opportunity as a Marquette fan since really Buzz Williams, which is wild. But if Marquette were to go on a run, Wojo saves his job, yada, yada. Then he goes and bolts and goes coach for like Boston college or something would be excellent because then Marquette wouldn't have to pay, you know, all the money that they owe him because he took another job. But that's the problem is the money part. And I don't know if they're going to be yeah. able to figure it out. And I, I'm, I understand that there'll be guys who will leave if Wojo left. That's fine. You know, it's part of it. But you just look at it and say, all right, could you fire Wojo and then hire like a Buzz Williams type in the, in the mid-major world, could you hire the guy from Drake, Darren DeVries, or Porter Moser from Loyola, or Casey Alexander from Belmont? You know, like, could you hire somebody who's maybe not a big name, see what happens, and maybe then he goes and coaches somewhere else for more money, but by that time, you've recouped enough from the pandemic that you're able to start start, you know, being able to afford it like the, I wouldn't say Marquette is a blue blood, but they are a prominent team in college basketball. The way they pay their coaches is, is next level. So I, I think you just have to kind of as a fan hope and pray, but I know that their Wojo comes back. The fan base will, the fan base is going to tune out pretty quickly. So they better hope that there is a plan. And if, if Wojo's like, I'm going to completely change what I'm doing, I think people will at least give it a shot. If And if it doesn't work, we're out and he's out. But it, we might be a year away from Wojo Hot's, official Wojo Hot seat, which really sucks because I, I would love yeah, to like – I was going to say that. I'd love to care crazy, but I'd love right. to care about college basketball again. I'm sorry. I, I rambled there. I apologize. I But – it's just one of those things where I just don't – I don't really care that much about Marquette, Marquette Hoops. I try to, but it's just hard, you know? What's there to – what's there to really be that hyped up about? Yeah, it's it's tough to be – like you said, it's Herb Cole Bucks. 
Oh yeah. Like what is there what is there to be excited about when you know we are just so mediocre and to bad that and nothing's changing. You know, there's there's no I mean they're still recruiting decently though, right? I mean Oh yeah. Yeah, they they have they get recruits. That's the that's the frustrating thing is like Wojo can recruit his dick off, but he can't coach he can't coach his dick at all. He's terrible. So it's he, he can only do one thing. And that was kind of the knock on Tom Crean. But uh Tom Crean still had, you know, some coaching, you know, masterpieces and oh, he yeah. finds he had, ways he had he had he had the the, the resume. Yeah. Yeah, and Tom still found ways to win and they got to the final four and he got his team regulated to the tournament. Like no one has had the lack of an aptitude as Wojo's had as a Marquette coach in a long, long time. If you look at if you look at like basketball reference and go through it, no one has gotten this much leeway um from the program. And if this was Marquette wants to act like they're kind of like in that SEC football realm. And if they are SEC football, like they fire his ass the first chance they get. And if they were SEC, like he already would be gone, but you know, it was Marcus Howard. It was a pandemic, but you know, they, they need to move on. We'll just see if they actually do it. But I'm, I'm excited for March. I can't wait. I think, you know, not having the NCAA, we talked about it, I think, last week a little bit, not having the NCAA tournament last year was such a bummer. I think you had the comment, I just want to have a normal March. And I'm like, yeah, March is a great month. It's a long month, but it's a fun month. So definitely excited for that. Anything else for the people before we go? Yeah, just, I mean, it'll, it'll, I think the tournament will be extra sweet this year just because we didn't we didn't get one last year. We didn't even get conference tournaments really. No, I love conference tourney week too. That's people forget how sneaky good the conference tourney week can be. And especially with all of us, it's just, it's just great games like every night. Yeah. And most of us working, most of us working from home means you can fire up that TV at 10 o'clock in the the morning and have basketball going on for most of your work day. Yeah. And I think that the way the NCAA has decided to do everything in Indianapolis or, you know, the surrounding areas, it should, it's probably the, the smartest, safest way to do it. And, um, you know, uh, it'll, it should hopefully feel somewhat normal, but it'll probably be pretty chalky just because I think, you know, the, the, the tournament I'm talking about, the, yeah. the big dance, just because you're not really going to have crowds. I mean, there'll be people there, I guess, but it won't be, you know, 20,000. Like it probably would be at a lot of like the, the upset, you know, games, early games. Just because, I mean, how often are you going to, you know, do you see the 14 seed get, you know, sort of get out to a lead and hang on to it and the crowd gets behind them? And right. yeah. I mean, you're just, you're not, you're not really going to have that. So I, I think that will probably hurt. Or I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it'll level the playing field even more. I, maybe, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I don't know, man. I'm looking at some of these, and this is Jerry Palm's bracket I'm looking at. I'm more of a Jerry Palm guy than a Lenardi guy. Lenardi yep. mails it in. Lenardi's Lenardi's been such a waste of space. Like he doesn't try. Like Jerry Palm, he's a goofy dude, but he he puts his heart in his shit. So I give him credit. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at it too. His bracket his bracket looks pretty good. 
Oh, yeah. Like, you look at some of those games, you're like, Missouri, North Carolina, sign me up. Tennessee, Wichita State, in. Um, what was the other one? USC, LSU would be awesome. Um, LSU plays no defense. Arkansas, Belmont would be a ton of fun. Um, Purdue, Loyola is an upset waiting to happen. Everybody would have Loyola beating Purdue. Because Purdue just oh, yeah. sucks in the tournament. Uh, Oklahoma State, I like way too much. Have you watched any Oklahoma State? They're so fun. Cade Cottingham and a bit. that team. I mean, great. Um, Rutgers tonight got just shit pumped by uh, Nebraska. So I don't think Rutgers is going to be a seven seed anymore. Uh, you know, can Houston make a run? I, you know, I think there are a lot of good storylines, and I. I will say, like, it's it's also laughable. The only thing that's laughable about our guy Palm here is that he has Duke as part of a first four out. If Duke is anywhere close to the bubble, I will guarantee you they're in the tournament. It is a lock of locks that Duke is in the tournament. And guess what? Duke gets the, Duke gets the Zion Williamson treat, treatment, basically. They get every, oh, yeah. every opportunity. Oh, yeah. Well, two things. And, you're telling me number one that they're so the the first four is on Thursday night, so it's all all the games are on Thursday night. You're not telling me that CBS and Turner aren't like, oh yeah, we can put Duke in the first four, and our rating is going to be massive on that Thursday night, and we'll get an extra night of ratings because we have Duke on. That's number one. Then number two is what I've heard or what they've talked about the NCAA is if a team has to opt out for COVID because they have COVID issues. There will be teams on standby to take their spot. So there's a world where like Michigan could get could have like a COVID issue and can't play. And maybe Duke gets left out and Duke would get the one. You're you're right. Of course, that's obviously that's always on the table right now, (laughs) but that is, that is horrible to think about. I know. Part of my take, I, I will. I part of my take brought it up like the the scenario of like Gonzaga gets COVID and Duke gets a one seed. So I'm stealing their their bit a little <laughs> bit, but it's like, yeah, that would happen to Duke. But now I think Duke will get in and and somehow some way. I bet but, they do too because they. I mean, they have they have they're hot and kind of. I mean, they, yeah, just they lost got, on on Saturday, but Louisville's pretty good. Yeah, Matthew Hunt with 37 points. That was ridiculous. Um, I'll say Duke has big game with Georgia Tech tonight. That's a big bubble game against uh, Josh Passner's Yellow Jackets. And then they're playing North Carolina on Saturday. So you probably have to go one and one if you, and then do some work in the tourney. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, oh, yeah, Duke, wow, Duke went to overtime with Louisville on, on Saturday. So that. It's a good game. We missed that one with the, the Murphy Palooza. Yeah. Yeah. Duke Duke probably will find their weasel their way in, I bet. Yeah, as they as they always do, my friend. But that does it for us. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with Daily Tap. Lot of lot of hoops to talk about tomorrow. So we will cover that all. We'll see if there's any additional JJ Watt fallout. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some brewer notes. Saw Jordan Zimmerman. Made it through, got two outs, and had 27 pitches. Not great. Not not good. Um, there's a reason he signed a minor league deal, unfortunately. 
probably hang it up, Jordan. It's time. That's a that's a Giovanni Gallardo outing outing right there. Another guy who got into the Brewers Hall of Fame somehow. Um, but I like I like Giovanni. Um, he's just one of those guys you always thought should have been better than he actually was. Yep, just nibbled too much. Better than he actually was. All stars actually would be a pretty good good summer show. Might want to bank that one. Might have to write that down. All right. Well, that'll do it. Um, take care, everybody. Have a good rest of the week. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace. See you.